Marketing is not sales. Let's get that out of the way right now. Sales and marketing can and should work closely together, but these two business functions are not one and the same. That's what we're going to cover today in the Ambition Show. Let's get it. All right, everybody, what's good? What's good? What is good? So we're talking about marketing and specifically what is digital marketing? But first, let's define marketing and get a good understanding of the basics. Because marketing is the engine of your business. It keeps you competitive, valuable to your customers, brings in new customers, and keeps your business basically in business, right? So all digital marketing truly is, is taking those basic traditional marketing practices and activities and bringing them to online, whether it be media, whether it be you know, connecting on certain platforms. That's really all it is. If you don't consistently market your business, then your business will struggle, right? Marketing has to work while you sleep. Marketing has to work when you're not in the office, when you're not at the, the shop. Marketing is working 24 seven to keep a steady stream of revenue coming your way. Because if you don't have revenue, you don't have sales, you have an expensive hobby, right? That's all you really have. And digital marketing is the best way to ensure you have your business being marketed 24-7 and that you have a healthy business, which goes into your sales, right? Helps you generate the sales. That's how they work together, but they're not one and the same. So in today's episode, we will clarify a few key points. That way, one, you know what platforms work best for you. You get a basic understanding of how to use certain platforms and, and certain tools and activities. And then just a general understanding of the basics of how marketing will help your business and specifically digital marketing will help your business thrive and grow. Right. So we'll get into basics of what is digital marketing exactly? What are the most important and effective marketing tools for your business and how to use them? Right. Go into those platforms. What to avoid in your digital marketing activities because I don't see enough enough about that you know there's certain things you want to stay away from there's certain practices you want to be you want to steer clear from and and frankly it just it can become really um, negative you know detrimental to your business and then finally how to create a real digital marketing strategy that works for you right nothing cookie cutter it's not going to be you know uh, basic all the way around there will be some generalities there but for the most part you'll be able to customize it specific to your business and you don't need to be a marketing professional consultant to do this right you know your business better than anybody so this is why it's perfect for you to be the first one to take a crack at it and then if you need more support you go out and get that support so i got into digital marketing for two reasons right i enjoy marketing in general was in college i was exposed to it i learned more about it i learned the real the real understanding of you know of what what marketing is all about and from the analytical standpoint from the creative standpoint and from just the the understanding that this is what helps businesses thrive and grow 
more than any other business function. That's what stood out to me. And the second reason I really got into it is because I noticed that that was the area that most small businesses neglected. Or they felt like it was out of their reach because it was like, oh, there's money there's more money that's involved. And I know, as an entrepreneur, small business owner, the first thing you think about is, unfortunately, the first thing you have to think about is, you know, the money aspect. Can I afford this? You know, can I put money into this as opposed to putting money into another area of my business? The sad part is, is that typically when we're thinking of putting money in, into marketing, we're only thinking about one or two activities that are involved in marketing. When marketing is all encompassing, it has many different areas, and that's why I wanted to clarify, and that's why we're going to go over today. So this way we can stop neglecting the overall practice of marketing, right? And how we can leverage digital marketing tools and platforms to our advantage, really build our business, and then put us in a position to where we can afford more in-depth, more creative, more outside assistance, right? It's always tell my guys, you always want to put yourself in a position to win, and you can. It doesn't take money. It takes a little time, some research, and frankly, if this is your business, if this is the way you're putting food on the table for your family, if you, this is what, this is the way you're putting a roof over your head, you know, maybe you don't have a family, it's just you. You should be worth that time and that research, right? Your family's worth that time and that research. So one episode of a podcast, and you know, maybe a few blog posts, <laughs> if that's if that's all you need, I think you're worth it. I hope, I hope you feel you're worth it because this is your business. This is what you're, you're livelihood, right? So we're going to get into it, the basics, learn about some platforms, the basic tools, and really how to leverage these things for your advantage. We come right back to the Ambition Show. So what is digital marketing exactly? Digital marketing is using online tools to connect with your audience and have them find you and come to you. Now, whether that be going to your store physically or going to your online store, your online content and assets, you use digital marketing tools to reach your audience and build a pool of potential customers without spending time away from doing business. So I'm talking about marketing while you sleep. Traditional marketing did this. Digital marketing does this 100 times better. You make the Internet work for you, basically. Right. You turn it into your avenue, your channels to communicate and connect with your audience. So first, let's make sure we understand the basics of marketing, right, in general, because all digital marketing is taking those same principles and practices and bringing them online, right? So in this example, let's, uh, let's use you as an example as a marketing agency, okay? You are the marketing agency, and you are marketing for a famous musician that's coming to your town for a concert. Okay, goes. of course, I gotta go back to music because, you know, that's really how I started in branding, working with independent artists, so concerts coming to your town and you create a sign saying the concert is coming to town it's coming to the area right this is a form of advertising real general high level but this is a form of advertising now if you put the sign in the back of a car right we've seen these where we've seen posters on cars we've seen advertisements billboards on cars and the car drives around the town drives around the city this is a form of promotion because promotion and advertising need to work hand in hand, right? 
You're promoting the show. You're getting the word out. You're spreading the word. You're not being intrusive. You're not being too invasive. You're 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 putting it exactly where it needs to be because that car is going to go in specific and strategic locations, okay, to reach the right audience. Now, if the car with the sign drives into, let's say, the middle of a major park or a major, you know, common area, and just so happens <laughs> the local newspaper, local bloggers, right? They write about it and they write about, hey, this car with this advertisement about the concert that's coming to town, this major artist is coming to our city. This is a form of publicity. Okay, publicity and promotions should work hand in hand. One should know what the other side is doing. Let the car pass. Now, based on that publicity, if you convince, let's say, the mayor or any other major, you know, figure, a very influential figure from that city, from that area, from that town, right, to talk about it, to laugh about it publicly, and then you spread the word about, hey, you know what, this major influencer or the, or the mayor of our city and of our town mentioned that this concert is coming based on the promotion he or she saw. That's a form of public relations, right? You're sharing what's going on with the public, official press release, working with local publications that people trust. That's just public relations, that's all that is. And we've seen, we've seen press releases all the time when we read the newspaper, we go online, we go to Yahoo News, we see them online all the time, but this is old school way of doing it, right? It's the more traditional way and it still works. It's still very effective. Now, the people, and it's the most important piece, right? Because you want to connect with the people. If the people in the community, in the town, they start coming out to the concert, okay, on the day of the show, and you show them apparel and merchandise at the booths that you have set up, you explain to them how much fun they're going to have in the show, you know, after they buy their t-shirt and, and show off, you know, show off the apparel that they bought and show off that they really are big fans of, you know, this particular artist, and by the way, you ask them a few questions, you get a little feedback from them, you know? So on their receipt, maybe they have a questionnaire or when they pay with their credit card, right? You ask them to fill out a, a quick survey or something like that, or even you, get a, you give them a feedback card, right? This all goes with sales because sales is not just about that booth. Sales is not just about that merchandise. This all goes with sales. It's a combination of getting information and utilizing that information, right, for future promotions, for future marketing and advertising, for future conversations that you will have with these customers, where you promote, how you promote, because you want to understand why did they buy the merchandise at this show? Why did they buy that shirt instead of this shirt? Why did they buy that hat instead of that hat? You want to get a feel, you want to get an understanding, you want to get to know your audience. And the best way possible is, hey, in that transaction, thanks for your purchase. Here's a here's a loyalty card. Thanks for your purchase. You'll fill this out on the receipt. 
Or can we take your email address so we can keep in contact with you and let you know about the next show? All of that sales. We talked about sales in the past, right? So to sum it up, if you put all of those things together and you planned for all of those things to happen, you plan for what the advertisement is going to look like, what car am I going to put it on, what areas are going to go into, how am I going to promote it, what you know notable figure from the local area we want them to talk about it, which newspapers we're going to talk to about our show that's coming to town, what type of apparel we're going to sell, what questions are we going to ask them, or are we going to have a loyalty card for them, or are we going to give them a discount for buying it at the show, or are we going to potentially charge more? For buying it at the show as opposed to buying it somewhere else before the show, prior to the show. If you plan for all those things, if you set those things in motion, you knew who you were going to contact, you knew the pricing, all those things, that's marketing. All of that is marketing. It's not one activity. It's not two activities. It's all of the activities working cohesively, working together. That is a marketing plan. How much you're going to spend, your expectations for how much you get back, that is your marketing plan. You know, people talk a lot about strategy, strategy this, strategy that. I'm the chief executive of strategy. I think of strategy. Strategy is great, but strategy is not implementation. Strategy has to work with implementation, and marketing is a piece of that. So when you say you have a marketing strategy, great. What is your marketing action plan? We know we want so many people to come to that show and purchase this many t-shirts. What actions are we gonna take prior to that to get that done, to make that happen, to make that more feasible? The advertising, the public relations, the promotions, the publicity, there you go. It's all those elements working together that you planned to work together. Now we've seen hope marketing, and I'm gonna go into hope marketing, but that, that's marketing in a nutshell. So let's get that down pat. In fact, the full description and details of what I went through, it, it's actually in the it's in the description of this episode. So check it out. Go back to it, reference it, and see if you are noticing some of these things I'm not taking, you know, some of these things I haven't actively worked on planning for my business. So how do you do the same online? How do you do the same on the internet? Okay, because that's the only difference truly the fundamental difference i should say that's the fundamental difference because we're still going to take activities that we would normally do traditionally now we're just going to bring them to an online meeting we're going to put them in an online platform or a series of platforms in some cases right so let's say take the same example it's a concert coming to our town but this time we create an advertisement and we put that advertisement on facebook Okay, we're focusing on a specific group, a specific town, a specific area, but we put the advertisement on Facebook and we want to connect with people from that town, from that area on Facebook. So that's where we put the advertisement. That's our social media advertisement. Now people click on the ad and in the ad, we collect their email address. We collect their email address. We send them an email that asks them to subscribe to our newsletter. And in that newsletter, we'll give them more information about the show, promotions, and details, maybe even discounts. That's email marketing. 
that's a form of promotion. And now we have them collected in our ecosystem. Now we have them in our, our leads database that we're building. So we use email marketing to promote to them until the show happens. Now, one of those emails, one of the people who signed up for that email happens to be a YouTube vlogger, right? And they specifically vlog about local entertainment in this area. They specifically follow musicians and bands and, and artists and entertainers, right? In this particular area, in this region of the country. They see our email promotion and they talk about it. They mention it. They even post about it, not only on their YouTube channel, but they also place it out in a couple of other places because they're telling people, hey, this show, I'm interested in going to this show. The show sounds pretty interesting. Does anybody else know about it? They're talking about it on their social media platforms. This is a form of publicity, but specifically from a digital marketing standpoint, this is influencer marketing. And it wasn't happenstance, right? It didn't just happen that way. We wanted to connect with an influencer. We wanted a, an influencer or specific influencers in this area to see our advertisement because we knew these, this would be a show that they would be most likely interested in. Now we reach out to that influencer because we're reaching out to everybody in email, but we know that the influencer posted on social media about our show. So we reach out, we contact them. We work with them and convince them, hey, to tweet about them their experience at the concert when they show up. We give them the hashtags. We let them know exactly how we're promoting the show. And we ask them, hey, when you go to the show, tweet us. You know, let's have a conversation. Go live from it if you can. Right, this is gonna be social media promotion, but this is also a form of public relations. Because I don't know about you guys, but if you haven't noticed over the past three years, Twitter has just become the public relations, the press release capital of the internet, <laughs> frankly, okay? I mean, it's right up there with PR Web, P, you know, P, uh, PR Newswire. It's up there with some of the best because, frankly, it's one of the fastest ways to get that information out and then, more importantly, captured by the right audience because other outlets will pull it. So, we, hey, we work with them, tweet it, tweet about the show. This is taking social media promotion and placing it in line with public relations. If the people, the people that we promote it to via email, they start buying those tickets and they buy those tickets at our website, right? Because we had a direct link to the website from the email. When they get to the show, we scan the physical ticket or we scan a QR code. Okay, that was emailed back to them. Now they purchase those tickets at our website. This is a form, of course, of e-commerce, which is just another sales avenue. But this way, we're immediately getting sales and we're not going through a third-party vendor. We're not going through a third-party site. We brought them directly to our site, our piece of the internet, if you will, our digital real estate, as I like to call it. When they get to the show, you show them the photo booths, the merchandise booths, but specifically you want them to go to the photo booths. Maybe after they buy some more merch at the show. So they take pictures, they take selfies and they tag the musicians in the pictures that they post to Instagram. 
in the content that they're posting to Snapchat, in the content that they're posting to Twitter, in the content that they're posting to YouTube or TikTok. We have them connect with all of our social media outlets because we offer them, hey, here's an opportunity. You know, we're going to select a random number of winners and we'll give them discount on future merch, discount on future tickets, or better yet, we'll just have the musician tag you back or mention you. Because I can tell you, that's the experience. That's experience marketing. That's taking social media promotions and social media sales, right, which generate into more e-commerce sales because like we said, we're pushing them to all of our avenues. But that's building a relationship with our audience and with our customers. So we're using experience marketing online via social media. If you plan all of those things to happen, the Facebook ad to collect emails, the email marketing to push sales and to generate sales online from your website, working with the influencer that posts on YouTube and on social media about your show, and then they tweet it out, getting the sales and then getting even more attention and traction and online, specifically social media traction and traffic from the attendees posting about their experience and tagging you and tagging your client and your audience. Oh, I'm sorry, your musician. If you plan for all this, that's digital marketing. You took all the same elements and aspects from the physical, tangible, traditional forms of marketing, and you just brought them online. That's all you did. You still have your advertising, you still have your promotion, you still have your public relations, you still have your sales, you still have your publicity. And you took even another step with the experience marketing and brought them hand in hand. They were there at the show, they posted about the show online and you connected back with them online, full circle. Digital marketing, all it does is encompasses all marketing strategy, tactics and activities just across electronic devices, that's all it is, across the internet. Businesses use digital channels, just like search engines, like Google, Yahoo, Bing, social media like Facebook, Twitter, email, with email marketing and everything. We, we have platforms like MailChimp, Constant Contact, and of course your website. Whether it be a custom-made website, WordPress, Shopify, doesn't matter. You connect all of these pieces together, these platforms together, to build a relationship with your current customers and prospective customers. That is all. It's nothing crazy and fancy. It's just a different way of doing it. Right? No one reinvented the wheel. We took everything that we had in traditional marketing and just brought it online. So ideally, what your digital marketing strategy would look like is I'm advertising on Google, gonna have promotions on Instagram. Publicity will go through, you know, blog articles and blog posts, public relations. I'm going to connect with people on Twitter and, and let them know about, you know, my specific announcements and sales through my website. In a nutshell. Same thing. This breakdown is in the description of this episode. Copy and paste it. Look it over. You know, put it into a Word document. See what you are doing and what you haven't done. Or, you know what? Let's just be real and honest. That's the only way we're ever going to get things done in business and life in general. What are you afraid of? Hey, I don't understand this, but I understand that. I need more help with this. I don't need so much help with that. 
this is the part that I'm you know kind of struggling on maybe I don't understand email marketing enough maybe I don't understand social media advertising enough get that on a separate sheet of paper and look at it and, and, and highlight which ones you need to work on and then let's let's get to it let's get to it that's the whole purpose of this show that's the whole purpose of this platform all right be right back with more with the ambition show Okay, great. So now let's get into the most effective and quite possibly the most important digital marketing tools, right? These would be more so the basics, but really if you have these tools working for you and if you're more comfortable and utilizing them on a regular basis, I mean, this is pretty much the, if you will, the, the foundation, right? Of a strong digital marketing campaign, digital marketing activities, is utilizing these tools at an optimal level or just utilizing utilizing these tools and getting just more comfortable more confident with utilizing them. The first one, very basic, very straightforward, and quite possibly one of the easiest to get, um, to kind of get very familiar with and more confident with is social media. Now I say that because for one, social media is driven a great deal about, or I should say a great deal by what the users are doing, okay? And although don't even wrong, search blogs, there's there's many other aspects of digital marketing and other tools online. What it comes down to social media is, if it's not working for the audience, the audience will make or get in the uproar. And let me tell you, platforms respond. Now don't now don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about from a political level or you know data security level. That's that's getting a lot more you know advanced and it's a lot more in depth. And we're touching on the basics of the marketing aspects of digital marketing because at the end of the day, marketing in general is about connecting with an audience. Social media is directly with that audience. Now, there are some platforms, personal note, professional note, there are some platforms that I prefer to use. Um, personally, there's some platforms that utilize them for the clients because the clients wanna get better or wanna, wanna include them in a, in a strategy or that's where their target audience is. I do what's best for the client and their overall, um, you know, their ultimate goal, not necessarily strictly just what I prefer to do because remember, it's about the client, it's about the customer and whatever we do as a service provider, whatever we do in the business, uh, we're, we should be focusing on them. But there are some platforms that I would just say it's you just want to get stronger at no matter what, whether you like them or not, just get stronger and a better understanding of them. And then if your audience is there, find a way to utilize them to where you're comfortable and confident. And if your audience isn't there, then it's fine. You just have a working knowledge of it or you have a basic knowledge of it and you can focus on other platforms. So um, one of the best things about what, you know, what, what we have here is, like I said, overall understanding of platforms. So in the description, there's a link to a demographic breakdown. This will give you an understanding of based on age group, based on location, based on region, things like that which platform is better and then you can start to to include this information into which platform you really get more comfortable with or which platform you know you think is working for you but you want to take a quick audit and say okay i'm not getting the responses to some of my uh, to some of my content um the breakdown the demographic breakdown is provided by um, uh, sprout social sprout social is a really good platform um this is not an endorsement this is more of a an unbiased what I would say considered an, an unbiased endorsement or an unbiased drop because I've used Sprout Social. I've had clients have used Sprout Social. A lot of colleagues have used it as well. It's a very good um, platform of tools, but 
overall, what they do is they really look at their, like in their name, they're focused on social media. And they've put together this really cool demographic, this really cool infographic breakdown of the demographics by social media platform. So check that out. There's a link to it in the description. And this will give you, like I said, a real high level understanding of what platforms are you know, uh, what platforms are resonating the most with different audiences. And this goes to the core of what, what I wanted to get across about social media. You don't have to be everywhere, right? This is the biggest miss when it comes to social media marketing, social media promotions. I'll tell you in two, two, um, it's kind of a two prong attack, if you will, with social media. Number one, you want to actively connect with the, with your audience on the platform that your audience engages content more. Specifically the content, right? We all talked about, we talked about branding, we talked about sales, we talked about goals in other episodes, specifically in the content that translates the value. So in other words, if your value, right? Let's, let's I'll use myself as an example. I'm a digital marketer, right? Have an agency that focuses on web development, branding, and digital marketing. Great. So. What I am trying to translate in a lot of our content is the value that we bring to the business owners we work with, right? Let's say they wanted to connect better with their audience. They want to have more, they want to generate more sales from Facebook advertising. They want to generate more sales through Google ads. So that's a lot of the content. Those are a lot of the topics I will talk about, right? How to utilize Google ads, how to utilize Facebook ads, how to utilize SEO, um, you know, why it's important to update your website, why it's important to have a website. That's a lot of the content I'll be sharing and creating, right? Now, if the my if my target audience is consuming or looking and engaging, engaging meaning they're leaving comments, they're sharing, they're talking about it, right? If they are consuming, meaning they're clicking on my calls to action, that kind of content on Facebook and LinkedIn, then that's the platforms I need to focus on, Facebook and LinkedIn. If they don't do that, on Twitter. If they're not doing that, my content specifically, my content, maybe my competitors, my contemporaries, but specifically my content on Pinterest, on Twitter, on Instagram, they're not engaging it at all. No, I'm not going to focus on that. If my audience is not engaging the content, specifically the communications, right, that myself, my contemporaries or competitors, however you want to look at them, are producing and placing on those platforms, then I'm not gonna focus on those platforms because here's what typically happens. We think, oh, Instagram, it's one of the biggest platforms, social media platforms in the world. Oh my God, TikTok is one of the biggest social media platforms in the world. So I have to put content on that platform. Not necessarily, right? The first and foremost aspect of your social media promotion and strategy should be what, well, I'm sorry, where is my audience? Where is my audience engaging and consuming my content? and the content that I'm gonna push out and the content that my competitors are pushing out, right? Because what could typically happen is you spend so much time trying to be everywhere on every platform and produce content everywhere. It's, it's not even saturated. It's just not quality, right? And the overall value is not being translated because the worst thing, and I can tell you this happens a lot. Here's, here's a good example. This is an example of, of, of a company or a business or whatever it may be producing content just across all platforms and not thinking about how to customize it and focus on a specific platform. They're posting Instagram feeds or Instagram, you know, content via Instagram feed with links in it. Well, right off the bat, I'll tell you when I say personal and professional, 
This is actually why Instagram personally is not one of my favorite platforms. Okay. They want you to put they want you to put links in very specific places on Instagram. And the reason why they want to do that is because it's better for the platform. It's not necessarily better for the actual content creator. Now I know what you're gonna say. Oh, I could put a link in my I could put my link tree or my, my link tree, or I could put my bit.ly link. I could put something like that, you know, in my profile. I can put it in certain stories. I can yeah, but we're talking about in a very basic feed. And the feed isn't even getting as much attention as the stories. Stories work better for the platform. Feed works better for the content producer because it gives you long-term content. This is why blogs, this is why YouTube, okay, are still better for a content creator. Most content creators don't think about that. Now, let's just say a lot of the young content creators who are not as tech savvy or, or data savvy, they don't think about that. They're looking at, maybe they're looking at the quick money and that's fine, don't get me wrong. It's nice to get a couple of thousand is or, or a business it's nice to get a couple orders off of a story that's great but if this platform is going to make money which they are and they're going to make um you know a steady stream of revenue based on my activity i want to be sure that i'm getting something more in return especially if this is my business that's why the feed is actually better long term because that's searchable right that goes up that actually will go into a search engine somewhere Actually, not just one. That go into thousands of search engines. Stories don't. Story feeds don't because they're not a feed. It, it's processed differently. So if I'm placing links on Instagram post, Instagram doesn't make those links live and active. Therefore, what happens? You lose an opportunity to, to generate more sales and attention. Now, this personally, like I said, is one of the reasons why I don't prefer Instagram over other platforms when it comes to social media. But as an experienced digital marketer, I know if the best platform for my client is to connect with their target audience on Instagram, we're going to utilize Instagram at an optimal level. So we're going to focus more on stories. We're going to focus more on maybe even doing reels. We're going to focus more on going live potentially right this is why it's important to learn the basics the ins and outs kind of the functions of those platforms that way you know what works and what your audience engages with so going back to that first piece again focus on the platforms that your audience is consuming the content you're going to be producing and the content that you can that you can consistently produce the second piece of that and this is, like I said, you got to be very cautious about this. Do not try to be everywhere. You got to stay away from that concept. Oh, my God, I got to have Snapchat. I got to have Twitter. I got to have this. I got to have that. You don't have to actively be anywhere. This is what you could do. Protect your brand on different platforms. Protect your brand on Instagram. Protect your brand on Facebook. Protect your brand on Twitter by creating an account. Right? Creating a, po uh, creating a post. And if this is not the platform that you are focused on if this is not the platform more importantly that your audience isn't focused on engaging you with then simply make a post to filtering people over to your website whenever i whenever i i, I get in this situation with a client i always tell them you have your website right yeah we got the website so what should we be doing we should be pushing them to the website we should be pushing them into our ecosystem into our piece of digital real estate Right. I've done this on plenty of other platforms for not only my agency, but more importantly for the clients where they're like, hey, you know what? 
we want to be and especially when this was a much bigger platform when you know they wanted their own blog on their website but they're like yeah but tumblr tumblr is a great way for people to consume or in it it still is but nowhere near what it used to be it was a great way for people to actively find new websites and specifically blogs so a lot of bloggers use tumblr tumblr basically before pinterest really if in my opinion really just kind of took a spot in that case right and what we would do is we would set up tumblers we would literally set up a tumblr account which was basically a micro blog or a blog within itself and we would push them over those clients hey here's the con or i'm sorry the audience here is a call to action bringing them into our email address into a course that we're posting on our website into a webinar that we're going to post on the website everything came back to the website everything came back to the website because for one client in particular they i mean their their audience was all over twitter but didn't touch tumblr it was really interesting to see that because i mean they had a great active engaged audience on twitter but none of those people i don't even think half of those people even had a tumblr account let alone were active on tumblr on a regular basis so we made it very clear if you, you know, just in case, protect their brand on Tumblr, right? When Tumblr was one of the top, top uh, social media platforms, right? Was one of the most focused social media platforms, especially for influencers early in the in the early days of influencing, in the early days of a lot of independent artists, you know, being on social media. We bring them over to the website. We would bring them occasionally over to Twitter, but we would focus on the website. Same thing. If it's your Instagram, that's not where people engage. Find it. Make a post, regular basis bringing them back over to the website in the feed put it in the content the the, the the website URL same thing would go for Pinterest same thing would go for snapchat same thing would go for a TikTok. but that's why it's good to understand things like that's in that demographic breakdown by sprout social it's a really good demographic breakdown there's a couple of other ones but that was one of the, the few that I think summarized it in a very easy way to consume it and understand the breakdown that way you can have a good idea and of course step go a step farther with that research good idea where should you be based on your target audience well i'm not i'm not focused on this this age group i'm not focused on that specific um that specific you know uh, industry so maybe i don't need to be actively on those social media platforms maybe i don't need to be on that platform at all and this is one thing i would go back to saying to protect your brand and to help you you know make sure you're actively in the right spaces when it comes to that, I wouldn't focus on too many platforms that don't have a high engagement, but more importantly, sharing. Okay, rate of sharing for your industry to connect with that target audience. So let's say you are in the music industry, right? Music fans are everywhere, but let's say the platform that you have in mind that's a really good platform for fans of genres that you don't make music for or an age group that you're not targeting then don't worry about that platform as much maybe protect your brand there create an account put a few put you know put some content there regularly but you know you can have it in a, in a, in a content scheduler and i would suggest doing things like this with a, with a tiktok with a snapchat you know, with the Pinterest. Obviously, if it's one of the top platforms, TikTok's one of the top pla platforms. But once again, if you're not creating content that's optimized for that platform, it's just a waste of time anyway. So 
if you're not creating content that's optimized for that platform and you're not creating content that's going to be valued by the by that audience and and here's the most important your audience isn't even engaging with content on that platform in regards to your business your industry what's the point now you're just doing it to be doing it now you're getting back to to what i brought up some time ago about branding you're spending money on brand awareness you're spending time on brand awareness right which means now you're taking away time from things that could truly be bringing you revenue so use this demographic breakdown identify which platforms based on the age groups based on your industry right your target audience is most active in engaging in content on and focus on one at the max three especially if you're doing this on your own that's why with our with our with our services when we go for uh, social media optimization we start off with the max three and we start off with two of the most important and the two the two most followed and then we start learning from there which ones should we drop and which ones should we actively go and you know put more time and energy into because that's the optimization piece and that's what you should be focused on so if you're doing this on your own i would say at the at strictly if you can do three but really focus on one find that one and and work it there are people i know tons of business owners whether clients or not that they only work on instagram they only focus on facebook they only work on youtube they only work on tiktok and they are making good money they're building it you know they're building a steady stream of revenue for their business and then they go out and maybe hire an agency to focus on that platform so they can focus on the business when they get to a certain level or they bring in a full-time employee or they bring in a freelancer you know i've been in all three situations been in all three situations so with social media it is not rocket science it's all about connecting which platform do i have the best opportunity to connect with people specifically specifically my target audience right and just one last example of that so when i say specifically for that for that target audience and but more importantly about making quality plat uh, quality content for that platform that brings value Good, I'll give you an example. What we use our Twitter for, for the agency, we use our Twitter for, to, we use it to just answer questions. We don't really post, you know, oh, you know, I might post it when we have a webinar, we might have post, post when we have an event or something, but we really use it for, that's why it's called Ask EM Pro LTD. If you have questions about digital marketing, you have questions about branding, you have questions about, um, you know, web development, you have questions about social media, that's all the Twitter is really for. That's why it's called Ask em pro ltd that's exactly why it's named that because the idea is we want to make it short sweet to the point we want to make sure that content is optimized for the platform and most importantly you are getting the info you need you're getting value from it so while you're at it follow us on twitter ask any questions you have questions about digital marketing questions about branding and think about how you can utilize Twitter to your angle, uh, to your advantage. Think about how you can utilize Pinterest to your advantage. Think about how you can utilize LinkedIn to your advantage. If you're business to business and you're not on LinkedIn, I'm, I must admit, I'm already confused. If, you, if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer, if you're a director, if you're a produ uh, film producer, right, you do highly visual content and you're not on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, why? What's what's the reason? I would love to know why you're not on those platforms, but you're thinking about 
you need to master this Twitter thing. You know, that's what I mean. Your content, your business, your industry, does it fit that platform? And does it engage and empower and bring value to that audience? Those are the first things you should think about. And you know what? You know, this is actually, um, it's actually a good, good opportunity to ask you guys a question. Leave a comment on the on the website or leave a comment in uh, the YouTube comments. I would love to know, right, if you guys would like an entire episode just about social media. Because I was thinking about it, but I wasn't sure. You know, I mean, we're going to cover, like I said, digital marketing here, but it's it's some key elements of digital marketing so it's not just social media if you guys want an episode about social media specifically um i can also bring in one of uh, the social media experts that i know from the industry um maybe even one of my teammates we have two digital marketing special uh two sorry social media specialists um that focus a lot on the facebook family of platforms or the meta family of platforms if you will and um, another that's just a killer on YouTube. But um, yeah, let me know in the comments if you guys would love to see. Just put in social media episode. Just type that in. Social media episode in the comments. Um, and let me know. And I would love to produce that if that's what you guys want. Once again, because it's all about bringing value and making sure you're getting the information you need to succeed in your business. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and talk about search engine optimization. Remember, we're going over the most important elements, practices, and activities in regards to digital marketing. We're right after the break, talk about search engine optimization. Be back in a moment. Cool, and we are back. Let's get into search engine optimization. Okay, SEO for short. And this has become far more, and I'm happy that it's finally, finally getting on the top of mind and it's become more popular um, amongst small business owners because the crazy part is search engine optimization has been around longer than social media yet because social media is more let's just be real it's more about connecting it's more about having personal conversations um, there's different types of online networks but overall social media is a lot more fun right search engine optimization is a practice right that can be utilized across the board any platform like I said, we even offer a service called social media optimization. But really what search, search engine optimization is taking the and, and, and it's really not the hardest concept to get. The thing about it is, is that there's so many different components to it. Um, the best way to summarize it is to break it up into two separate areas. There's on page and there's off page. Right. So there's on the page, which means it's actually on your website. It's on your piece of digital real estate that you're optimizing in different components to be found. And I say components just to breaking the website down. So your website, your content on that website can be easily found through public search engines. Search engines being Google, Bing, Yahoo. There's a ton of other ones, right? But those are really the three biggest general search engines because there are other forms of search engines. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get a little deeper into it, but for the most part, that's the first side of it, right? It's called on page. So when I say on page, think of your blog, okay? Think of the text that you use on the website. Think of putting a video on your website. Think of the, the news feed, if you put a news feed in your website. Think of the pictures that you post on your website. All of these components can be 
optimized to where that content can be easily found on the internet through a Google search, through a Yahoo search, through a Bing search, okay? On the other side of this though, there is off-page, okay? Off-page SEO is everything that you can do outside of your website to drive traffic, to bring more traffic to your website. Now, one of the best, and, and we probably interact with this way the most, is what's considered a backlink, okay? A backlink meaning that it's a link to my website that's actually on another website. So for example, if we have emproltd.com, my company's website, right? We have a link to our homepage and it's placed on, let's just use one of the coolest magazines that I've been reading for years, uh, GQ. <laughs> I love GQ, right? Now I know, now it could be an article about digital marketers and digital marketers that, that dressed amazing, you know, cause I, I love my suits. I love to be suited and booted. Um, and they, they bring up, hey, you know, that guy, Aaron Muhammad, the, the founder and project manager over at EMPRO LTD. Dang it, that guy can dress. We should put an article about him on GQ.com, on our website. And you know what? Since we're going to talk about him, we should put a link to his website in that article. That's a backlink because that link to my website from GQ.com, when people search my name, they search my business, right? And that article comes up because that article is on a major website, is on a popular website, is on a popular brand that has a lot of credibility, right? That's been around for a long time, okay? Most likely that article might show up before my own website. So that link Okay, that's placed on, on GQ.com, Google, Bing, Yahoo, all the search engines, they say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. A credible brand, a, no, a, a very well-known brand is talking about that website, has a link for that website in that article. So that makes my website look a little bit better. That makes anything that's within that article look a little bit better, right? The words that are used, once, once being my name, of course. And that brings my website a little bit up because maybe I get a little bit more traffic from it. A little bit up on that first page of Google because overall, that's our focal point. We want every activity we take on, on page and off page to help our content for our business and specifically our website we want all of that to show up on the first page of Google. So this backlink is gonna help us get more traffic. The more traffic we get, Google's gonna look at the consistency of what we're doing on our website. Yahoo's gonna look at that consistency. Bing is gonna look at that consistency. And it's gonna say, okay, the words that are used, the keywords that are used, the content that's used on their website, is it getting more traffic? Maybe it should show up on the first page for the keywords that are used, for the content, that's, the content that's being used and posted to that website. The ultimate goal of search engine optimization is to push the content we want, okay, to rank high 
on search engines. Google, Bing, Yahoo. High, high ranking being that when people type in specific keywords, a search, we want our content to show up on that first page. Now, I did two webinars right before the end of the year in 2021 specifically for search engine optimization for uh, Shopify and search engine optimization for Wix website owners. So if you guys have either one of those websites, there's a link to those webinars to the, to the actual video. There's a link uh, to those videos in the description of this episode. I definitely suggest you check it out if you have a Shopify site, if you have a Wix website. We cover some things in general, right? The, in the basics of SEO in general. But for website owners and store owners and business owners that have websites, um, from either one of those platforms, I highly suggest you check that out because that'll give you a good overview of the direct impacts of search engine optimization and specifically how to do, how to not necessarily master, but get the basics and the fundamentals for search engine optimization down if you own a website on either one of those platforms, Wix or Shopify. Okay. And one of the biggest things, the funny thing is, one of the biggest things when it comes to search engine optimization. It's the same thing for, for social media, keywords. The words and the text being used. You know, I've made this statement joking, uh, kind of I was joking with people, and so I hate to say it, some people kind of take it the wrong way, but it's true. Computers like to read. Computers have to read. People don't. Even though I'm suggesting books in every episode, I know, that's why I say, hey, there's an audio book. You know, there's video books in some cases. Right. I'm going to even suggest a few uh, video versions of some books in a few episodes because the videos really convey the story better. And we all know about the power of story. But computers love to read. They have to. They read code. That's all it is. They read numbers, not even text, actual numbers. Right. Not even actual words. Right. Numbers. But the thing is, is that because we are visual creatures, we love video. We love pictures. That's just the kind of creatures we are. Don't get me wrong, we love music, but how many times have we heard a song and we say, man, that, that, that song paints a picture. That song makes me think of a specific thing, something I can see in my brain, if you will, right? Even when we're hearing music, when we're reading a book, we, we get a picture painted for us, right? Because we, even though we're reading something, even though we're listening to something, we're thinking about the visual of how it's, you know, of, of how it's constructed and, and the presentation. That's why YouTube is the second largest search engine on the planet. That's why I wanted to lead into other forms of search engines. Because a search engine is literally just an online platform to search what is being shared on the internet. That can be public and that can be private. So if something's private, there's pro there's private search engines, right? If you have, and a lot of companies have, especially bigger and older companies that have legacy systems and a lot of documentation, if you have what's considered an intranet, right? If you have a website that's only for your company, you probably have a place where you can search for things, right? Where you can search for records, where you can search for files, where you can search for, you know, just some other general information about the company. And typically, if you can search outside of the company's directory, they'll say, and if you ever notice this, look on your look on your website for your company, they'll say maybe powered by Google, powered by Bing, powered by DuckDuckGo, powered by Yahoo or something like that, right? 
that's because that's the public component, right? But your company's your company's website or your company's directory is private. So yeah, you might not be able to access the company's information from Google, right? But you probably could do a Google search from that company platform. But we're, we're very used to the public search engines. And the second biggest search engine in the world is YouTube. Now, here's the funny part about it. And this is, this is one thing to keep in mind. Social media platforms can work as search engines as well. And this is why keywords and hashtags are, and hashtags are kind of one and the same, kind of. Because when you put in a search, right? If I go to Google and I'm saying I'm looking for the best men's, uh, best men's black suit, pinstripe suit right that's what i'm looking for because like i said i likes to be suited and booted although i'm not wearing a suit right now if i could i would and i could i just don't feel like it totally different note. <laughs> i know but if i was looking for that i could put that in the google search right and i'm gonna get stores i'm gonna get pictures i'm gonna get everything i'm also gonna find videos if i search videos what do you think it's searching? It's searching YouTube. It's searching videos that were placed on the internet, but it's also searching YouTube. Okay. Now, this is where it gets interesting with social media. If I place that same search query in Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, it's not gonna necessarily take me to Google. It's not gonna necessarily take me to Bing. It's not even gonna take me necessarily to YouTube, right? So although Instagram and Facebook are search engines within themselves, they're really only search engines for those platforms. Vice versa, Google will find things that are on Facebook, things that are on Instagram, things that are on YouTube, things that, things that are being shared across social media in the public view. This is why search engine optimization is so important and critical. Because if you're doing search engine optim optimization right, that content that you're placing on Facebook, your website, your blog, your YouTube, whatever it may be, it can all be found. It can all help to push you towards the top of page. That way, when people are looking for the best men's black suit, your store will pop up. Your website will pop up. Your stores. Facebook page will pop up. Your your face your stores um, Instagram feed will pop up about the new sales that you're about to 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 release or the new or the discount code that I could download if I click on the link in the profile or if I go to the stores or if I follow you and I and I tag you that I started following you. Right? Search engine optimization fits all of these components. That's why I invest way more time in search engine optimization than I do in social media. Offer it to clients because once again, hey, it's what the client needs and what the client, you know, it's, it's all based on their needs and it all falls under digital marketing. But personally, search engine optimization means a lot more. And this goes back to what I was saying about long term. I can't tell you, and this is really, really, really important to understand how important a blog or a video post that, you know, a video that's included in a blog. And now podcasts are getting to that level. The audio is getting to that level. Getting there. It's not there yet exactly. It's close. It's almost there. Because 
for one, it doesn't have all of the searchability that we want just yet. But it's right around the corner. If it ain't, if it ain't gonna be by the end of 2022, it'll be by the end of 2023 or 2024 at the latest. You are gonna see podcasts pop up at the top of page and search all over the place for some of the most important keywords because a blog post and a video post that was made 2010, 2007, I can find blog posts, videos that come up number one first on the first page of Google at the top of the page of Google, no paid ads. It's an organic search, meaning that they didn't pay for that sucker to be put at the top of that, that search. Every single time, no matter who's searching for, if they put in the right keywords, the keywords that the owner of those websites or the owners or creators of that content wanted to come up number one. And it's still coming up number one. And because they're placing product on that page, they're placing affiliate marketing links on that page, they're placing links to advertisers on that page. They're still getting paid from that. If that ain't passive income, I don't know what is. And typically, I'm just being honest with you. Typically, it's because they took so much time in their SEO practices from the very beginning. It's not something that they did later on. It's because they kept, they worked at it from the very beginning and kept working towards it and kept working hard for it. That's why people are shocked when they spend, you know, 500 $1,500 for, for really good SEO um, specialists to work on their websites and work on their content. And they're like, yeah, I spent $1,500, but I'm making 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 every year, depending upon what I'm posting on that page, depending upon what I'm posting in that content. Because like I said, if this is your products, right, what if you're posting really good products? And when I say really good products, I really should be, what if, what if you're posting high, high price products, high ticketed products, right? Or if you're making advertising dollars and affiliate dollars from that page. Did a blog post, I'm not gonna say exactly how much it was paid, did a blog post, but let's just say it was not expensive. That's making a good amount of money for a client to this day. So technically, that client's been paid back literally a hundred times over what they paid for it. Because that blog post was written very well, it was taken care of and it was updated. Because remember I said, I started offering maintenance services, <laughs> right? Because I noticed other people weren't doing this. And one of the first maintenance services I did, besides the web, was specifically updating blog posts. Hey, if you're, if you're a copywriter, if you're a content writer, and you haven't thought about that, that's a service you should go for. I'm all about supporting the hustlers. Hey, there's more than enough clients in, in business out here for us. SEO. If you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, and you wanna make sure your content is coming up, invest in SEO. If you are, if you are a business owner and entrepreneur in the digital marketing space, invest in learning SEO. It's one of the best investments. This is the reason why when it comes to influencers, I'm not a huge person of following influencers like that. You know, I like to, uh, I'll be honest with you, I like to learn stuff on my own. When it comes to, I don't do something just because that guy or that woman said it. I'm the kind of person like, oh, they said that? Let me research that if that's something I really wanna be interested in. 
But there's a reason why the, the people who are considered influencers and people who are considered thought leaders and mentors in digital marketing, the majority of them focus on SEO in one way or another. Don't get me wrong, they talk about social media ads. They talk about, um, you know, they talk about, of course, the basics of web development. They talk about a lot of things. But the bigger names focus on SEO. And here's the funny part about it. The biggest businesses focus on SEO. Google's the largest advertising company in the world. There's no question about that. And you know what a chief component of what they do is all about? SEO. Even though SEO is primarily organic. Right? Unless you're paying somebody to do your SEO. Unless you're paying for a couple of other components of SEO. But what I explained to you, you don't have to pay for that. If you have the time you have to, to dedicate to really doing it well from the beginning and consistently every day, every month, you don't have to pay necessarily pay for that. And I would suggest you learn the basics of it. And then when you get it to where you, you, you know that's the max you can dedicate to it based on you running your business, that's when you bring in somebody. Let's be real, we're entrepreneurs, we're small business owners. Every dollar has to count. But there's a reason why the biggest names and in the description I've left a few links to those names like some of the bigger names in the, the space of, of digital marketing and specifically SEO read up on these guys these men and women they're spending their time in that world for a reason and it's not going anywhere like I said podcasts are right, in, are right on the way blog posts the text because computers love words so the text that's not going anywhere. Why do you think why do you think it's such a big push to add text into every single type of content we have? It's not just for accessibility. The computer needs to read the text to define and clarify what type of content is there so it can make sure it's showing up to the right people and is relevant. I'll say that again because I know I speak fast, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> Our search engines, our programs, our servers, our computers need the text to make sure they're showing content that's relevant to people's searches. So it is for all aspects of accessibility. So when you have an option to add alt text, we've all seen that, where it says ALT text, add alt text to this content, do not skip on that. Do not skip on it. Describe what's in that picture as best you can. This is why I said that blog post that I wrote, <laughs> okay, over seven years ago, is still making that client some money. And that person, I talk to them on a, easily every two to three months. How's that blog? I'm still making money from it. He's saying, I'm still getting I'm still getting cash from that thing. And he took those principles and practices that I taught him there, and he's now applying it to whatever he does. And that's when I, like I said, I got to get better at, at, at SEO. So years later, when I was like, I'm going to start offering this as a service, I really wanted to get stronger, not just as a writer, but in all aspects of the technical side of SEO. Okay, so two webinars, links in the description, check them out. They're specifically SEO for Shopify and Wix, but you can you can get the basics down there too. And then also look at those influencers and let me know what you think. You know, there should be a few links to their videos and some of their content that's out there. I'm gonna break for a commercial and then we will be back 
And we're going to talk about influencer marketing next. We come back on the Ambition Show. All right, guys. So now we're going to talk about influencer marketing. And influencer marketing is really nothing new, right? I've brought this up before, and a good comparison, is once again, is marketing and digital marketing. It's just a new way of doing the same thing. Or it's a new way of doing it. It's not necessarily something, um, you know, completely, um, completely a new invention, you know? It's not like somebody's making new water. No one's making a new wheel. No one's making a new fire. They're just finding different ways to utilize it, different ways to apply it, different ways to use it as a tool. And the same thing goes for marketing. The same thing goes for influencer marketing. Influencer marketing is very similar to what we've seen in the past when it comes to celebrity endorsements, what we've seen when it comes to, you know, celebrity spot or celebrities being sponsored by a corporation and speaking about that corporation. Similar, not exactly the same, but very similar. I'll give you a good example. So it was at the latter portion, if I'm not mistaken, of 2021. Elon Musk, um, as we all know, the founder of uh, Tesla, the founder of SpaceX, and being quite possibly the most, if not one of the most, successful entrepreneurs in the history of entrepreneurship, but quite possibly, you know, in the next few years could be the most successful entrepreneur of all time, if you will, when it comes to um, personal value, net worth, and the, the, the value of corporations produced. Because of that success, and, the, and I mean, we must admit, especially with the way Tesla just blew everybody out of the water, right? Within a very short amount of time in the automobile industry. A lot of people would just sadly, and I do use that word when I mean sadly, I mean sadly, would take his word for anything. Just being fair with you. Because Elon Musk, although very, very successful entrepreneur, not hating on that, is not an investor. An investor on the level of an investment investor when it comes to financial advisor, when it comes to financial consultant, you know, somebody certified and somebody who's practiced that area. In other words, they know that area. Doesn't mean that he can't be successful as an investor, but to have millions of people simply because he said he was gonna invest in a form of cryptocurrency over another form of cryptocurrency, millions upon millions of people who put their money into the cryptocurrency of his choice. Now, he did not tell people to do this. He was just simply saying, that's the one I'm going with. That's the one I'm going to focus on. This is the one that's going to be the next big boom. So hundreds of thousands of millions of people immediately do the same thing. They immediately pull their money over and many of them with money they really didn't have to lose because when it comes to investing, especially when it comes to things like the stock market, right? When it comes to investing in companies, when it comes to investing in, you know, um, um, angel investing or it comes to crowdfunding, only invest in money you can lose. I, I, I only invest in money that you can truly say, hey, if I lose this money, I can still pay my rent. I can still pay my bills. And that might sound like common sense, but let's just be honest. A lot of people want to get rich without a lot of the work. And a lot of times they'll take, they'll take a plunge or something like this. This is what happened. Hundreds of thousands of millions of people moved their money over to invest in the cryptocurrency of his choice. And let's just be honest, many of them did not see that money come back. In other words, many of them don't have the funds that they thought they were gonna have 
that weren't didn't become uber rich overnight, right? Many people lost money. Not everybody, not everybody by far, but many people did lose some money. Money that they couldn't afford to lose. Now, I'm not trying to paint the picture of something negative. I'm saying this is what influencer marketing can be, which is working with somebody who has that type of voice that type of influence. So when I move, you move. In the words of my all-time favorite ludicrous songs, when I move, you move. Yes, just like that. And yes, I just said that because I like me some ludicrous. If you don't like ludicrous, you need to watch the verses. Just like I'm gonna learn you if I got to. I'm gonna learn y'all. So when I tell you to do this, or not even tell you to do this, I just say, you know what? I'm gonna do. What I'm gonna do. I'm only gonna buy red cars going forward. Because red was a sign of success and luxury at one point when it comes to automobiles, especially sports cars. So I'm gonna buy red cars. And then all of a sudden, hundreds of thousands of people only buy red cars. That would be influence. Now, I would never do that. I'm just saying, that's me personally. But there are individuals that have that type of relationship with an audience to where if they say something, it becomes a major catchphrase or it becomes a meme or it becomes part of the regular lexicon. I give you Bootylicious. Bootylicious, Beyonce. Put that in the song. This, the word is now officially in our dictionary. Now, if that's not being influential, I don't know what is that you literally have words created. That's some Shakespeare level type of stuff. Mad respect. And this is why Beyonce is Beyonce. Not the only one. You see, I went from a tech entrepreneur to one of the greatest performers, R&B artists of all time. Doesn't matter. Influencer can be anywhere. It can be a person who has the voice to get hundreds of thousands of millions of people to move or just a few hundred. The key is when it comes to your business, you wanna connect with somebody who has that influence, that has that relationship. And when it comes down to that relationship, this is trust. And this is why I wanna clearly define what influencer marketing is compared to some others. This is not a brand ambassador. This isn't even necessarily a celebrity sponsorship or endorsement, okay? This is a person who has relationships, not even necessarily a relationship personally, but the audience might feel it's more of a personal relationship. So in comparison, when we see celebrity endorsements, that's not necessarily influencer marketing. That's paying a famous person, a well-known person to be the face of a brand so people can start saying, oh yeah, now I know that brand because he or she is on that advertisement. And influencer marketing is when I'm really trying to work with a person who has a relationship with that audience. So when that person says, I'm gonna buy this, oh, I gotta buy one too. I'll give you another brand. That brand, some of you guys might be more familiar with, some of you may not be, but if you're in the e-commerce space, you should be. Right, well-known brand, Fashion Nova. Okay, Cardi B really helped that brand grow 
because she was one of the people who were out there wearing and, and not necessarily even necessarily promoting. I mean, she was promoting, but just wearing their clothing. So Fashion Nova, what happened? They blew up. And then we saw a bunch of comparison brands. We saw a bunch of comparison, the companies trying to compare or try to, to market themselves on the same line, in the, in the same wavelength, right? Because they were like, hey, if it works for them, we might not have Cardi, Cardi B, the, you know, the, the, the rapper and entertainer, we might not have necessarily her, but if we can showcase, hey, we make similar apparel, we can ride those coattails. They, I mean, there was hundreds of brands tried to do this, right? For my Shopify owners out there, you know what I'm talking about. When you had drop shipping, drop shipping was being offered on a lot of the clo clothing that she was wearing or similar clothing that Fashion Nova was producing, right? And even to this day, we still see it. That's because when people saw her online, you know, when, especially on her Instagram, when, when her fans saw that, they were like, oh, where'd she get that outfit? Where did she get that dress? Where did she get those shoes? Where did she get this? Where did she get that? And specifically because she was connecting with an audience that had not had a real influencer on that level, she was able to build a stronger relationship, which helped that, that brand blow up. So when it comes to influencer marketing, don't think of, okay, what famous person can I work with and pay them to put their face on my, on, on my, uh, you know, my, my advertising, on my marketing materials, my promotional materials. No, look at it like, who has a really good relationship with my audience? So when they say, I'm gonna buy this, I'm going to this place, those people come out, those people come to my show. Those people come to my restaurant. Those people start buying stuff off my website. Because your ultimate goal with influencer marketing really should be, I want to build that relationship with that community. It's kind of like, you know how it is when you get a friend to vouch for you, but they network, you're like, ah, okay, I know this, or even better yet, hey, let's, 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 keep it a, let's keep it real, we're business people here. When you get somebody to refer you for a job, they're putting their name on the line, right? It's kind of that same thing. I'm only buying this product. Now, there are brands, there's products that I, as, as the term goes, I cape for, right? Like, I'll say, here's a good example. I only drink almond milk. Or, I'm sorry, not almond milk anymore, oat milk. Because the brand that I actually used to buy almond milk, right? They started making oat milk. And that's the reason why I bought that. That's the reason why I started drinking oat milk, because I trusted that brand of almond milk in the past. I already had that relationship with them. So when people talk about, okay, oat milk, and they're asking me about it, if they've never tried it before, what brand do you think I say? The brand that I trust, the brand that I have the relationship with. The brand that I trust. And because of that, let's just say if I, you know, had a little bit stronger of a relationship with that company, and I made it more vocal, and they found out, hey, wait a minute, you mean you got a couple of hundred people to buy oat milk just because you talk, our brand of oat milk, because you talked about it? And honestly, I know this for a fact. I got, a couple, I got quite a few people to buy this. I, I actually do have, no for a fact, it's more than 100 people because it's the only oat milk brand that I've really trusted and, and constantly go to. 
So whenever people ask me about oat milk, whenever people ask me about what they put in their protein shake about, whenever people ask, hey, what milk do you put into your oatmeal or you put in, you know, when, you, when you're drinking, uh, sorry, eating cereal or you use for creamer, I bring it up all the time. I even got a cafe to say they were going to try and use it, <laughs> right? And now that brand, if I'm not mistaken, they actually make a barista <laughs> version of it, right? Now, am I taking credit for that? Maybe. No. <laughs> if I was taking credit for it, believe me, they would get a letter and be like, I want my check. No. Um, but that goes more along the lines of influencer marketing. When I'm making a move and I'm bringing it up to people, people are also doing it. They didn't pay me. They didn't tell me, hey, we'll give you this much money just to go out and do that. Right. Which might not have that same trust level. That was something I'd already built a developed a relationship with people to where if I'm endorsing something or I'm saying something, they're most likely moving with it. So the company says, you know what? We see that they have a relationship with that audience. We need to get with that audience. We need to connect with that audience. You want those influencer marketing relationships to be a little bit more natural. Don't get me wrong, there's, there's compensation involved, of course, but you want them to be more natural because you don't want to break that trust. Because that goes to branding, right? So influencer marketing, don't look at it for just, hey, I'm gonna pay somebody. No, who has a solid relationship with someone to say, when they say, I'm gonna buy something that we know, we know hundreds of people are gonna take action. And I tell you, man, it, it, if you do it properly, if you do it properly, you can build a great relationship with your target audience. Don't get somebody just because they're a pretty face. Don't get somebody just because they're, they're well-known. Don't get somebody just because they make a lot of noise. Get someone who has a true, genuine, trustful relationship with your target audience. And build on that. That's influencer marketing. And that's definitely what you should look into going and, and to just try and testing out as you go through 2022. Because 2023, 2024, because the world has changed a lot. So you might not be able to make that one-on-one -on -one connection with your target audience as much as you like. So you may need help when doing it online or even in person. And the final piece I want to go over when it comes essential to marketing is email marketing. Now, email marketing is very similar to SEO in that it's been around for a minute, y'all. This ain't nothing new. But to this day, 2018, 2018, I have a link from data pulled in 2018. Same thing found in 2021. If we go a little farther back, we can go 2021, 2018, 2015, 2010, even 2005. Email marketing is still one of the most cost-effective ways to build a strong relationship with your audience. Cost-effective time and the dollar spent. And I know what you're thinking right now. Man, I don't even check my email. Right? A lot of people, I hear a lot of people say that, which is really funny. I always hear a lot of people say that. I don't even check my email, but then here you go. Well, how did you get this coupon? Oh, I got a coupon. Oh, I signed up for this. They had my email address. They connected with me on social. Boom. Exactly. See, the email address 
is just as powerful as that phone number, if not more powerful than a phone number. You notice nowadays you're starting to get more SMS, right? You're starting to get more uh, text message marketing because honestly, text message, text message marketing has not been um, tapped into as much as email marketing. But in comparison, text message marketing actually, in some cases, has been seen more effective. But email marketing is so tried and true, it's hard to turn away from it completely. You have companies that have tried so hard to get into Facebook ads, Google ads, even SEO. And they're like, it still comes back to email marketing being effective because that is a direct connection with you. We think social media is a direct connection. It's not. That's why I say you got to build connections, but it's hard because it's a lot of noise. It's not a lot of noise in someone's email in comparison to social media. Because what, what is social media all about? It's about you to stay on that platform to consume more content. Well, your email, I mean, except for a few email service providers, but for the most part, Google is not trying to send me a bunch of extra stuff from Instagram. Google, Yahoo, you know, they're not trying to send me a bunch of extra stuff in my email. When I search my email, only my email comes up. When you search on Instagram, you'll get a lot of stuff. You're looking through TikTok, you're swiping through TikTok, you're going through, you know, your connections on Snapchat, Facebook, even Pinterest, LinkedIn, everything. It's a lot of other noise there. Your email, you can keep your email clean. And here's, this is why email marketing also, surprisingly, some people think, and like I said, in, in, the, in the link in the description, you'll see how it breaks this down. A lot of people think that this is actually one of the things that keeps email marketing from being effective. And it's actually one of the things that helps it be effective. You can have multiple emails very easily and you can have them all intertwined, all connecting. I can have my work email, connect to my personal email that way I never miss a work email but I but when I when I answer it when I message back it's going to be through technically through my work email that's an easy setup Outlook Yahoo Google and the thing about it is <laughs> and this is the funny one about it to sign up for social media you need an email to get your password sometimes come back into you know authentic authentication email security codes text and email have you seen a, a platform yet say hey you know what we're gonna see your security code for the platform through the platform no they can't doesn't make any sense you can't get in or or that doesn't make sense where the security code is because then it, if someone's trying to hack you then they're gonna get the security code they say no we need an email no, we need a phone number. That's why I said the closest thing would be that text messaging marketing. But email marketing, I can send you affiliate marketing communications. You can connect in, with your customers. You can connect with your target audience, whether it be customers, whether it be partners, whether it be vendors. Give them announcements. You can build a relationship there and say, hey, you know what? Now we're going to be on YouTube. So follow us on YouTube. Now we're going to be on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram. I can, I can tell you right now, I have had so many clients that I have a Facebook, but I don't have an Instagram. I have an Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I have a Twitter, but I don't have an Instagram or Facebook. I have a LinkedIn and a Twitter and a Facebook, but I don't have an Instagram. All of them have an email, though. All of them. 
I could tell I could not just my clients. Oh, I don't have any notifications. They'll say I don't have any notifications for social media on my phone. But I have my email notifications. Because if it's coming through my email, it's important. See, I'm not knocking social media. When I talk about how important and and, and how um, the, the longevity of SEO and email marketing. But what I'm saying is, is that it's a different level of value people place on it. And it's a different value that even the platforms themselves place on these practices. So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and specifically the person who's handling the marketing, you need to place the same value. Now, if your target audience doesn't use, like I said, they could be those people who say, I don't check my email. Okay, then then maybe email marketing isn't right for you. But I can tell you, that's a very rare case where no form of email marketing is going to work. Very rare. Because you know what? Email newsletters can be turned into web pages. MailChimp is a great platform for that. This is not an endorsement. This is not a paid endorsement, I should say. It's an unbiased endorsement. I like MailChimp. I've been using MailChimp the longest. It's the platform I trust the most when it comes to email marketing. I used to use Constant Contact. It's a very good platform. There's a, a couple of other major platforms out there. For, uh, Vertical Response, Mad Mimi, some great email marketing platforms out there. And I can tell you right now, it doesn't hurt just to get your feet wet and test out one of those platforms. Here's the cool part about it. Okay, A lot of times with our um, website builders that we have out here, Shopify, Wix, Squarespace, a lot of them have a built-in email marketing component. If, you, if you're afraid of testing out a separate platform, use the platform built into your website, man. Just, just go for it. It doesn't hurt to send everyone out there that you have as a customer, and this is why email marketing works right off the bat. You're collecting contact information all the time. The quickest, easiest, hey, what's your email address? We'll send you promotions. We'll send you a newsletter. We'll send you a link. Because once again, like I said, you might have those customers. I don't have an Instagram. So if you put a promotion or a discount on Instagram, I'm not going to see it. And remember, it's not about necessarily you following them on Instagram. It's not necessarily about you liking their page. It's vice versa, right? When someone says, hey, you can't send me an email, put me, add me to your list. That is them contractually saying, hey, I want your content. That takes an extra step. From a marketing standpoint, that's gold. From a business owner standpoint, that means you are no longer a cold lead. You're not even a warm lead. You're a hot lead more, more in that case when it comes to my business, because you actively said, I want to receive communications from you. I'd rather connect with you here. This is why businesses that have a strong email marketing campaign are the ones that they don't, I'm just being real with you. They sometimes don't even worry about social media at all because they're like, we're we getting sales from this email marketing campaign and it ain't slowing down. Every time I have a new sale, Every, have, every time I have a new event, they're coming out. And keep it fresh. 
don't don't just sell to people. It's a con. It's a once again, it's a connection. It's an opportunity to connect with them on a deeper level. Building a strong contact list is the lifeblood, right? That's the sales piece. That's that sales funnel. That's that revenue stream. I'm sorry, a bunch of followers on Instagram. If someone tells me tells me they have a million followers on Instagram, and the business owner says, yeah, and right next to him says, I don't have a million followers on Instagram, but I have 10,000 email addresses with people who, who subscribe to my newsletter. I'm telling you right now, that 10,000 is the more profitable option. Because those million followers, those, what if they never, they might never see a post. They may never see your story. And remember, like, this is my, this is me on the person. Sometimes I might get on a personal rant. But not being able to include links in those feed posts is a problem. Your email, you could do, you could put your videos in there. You can link back to YouTube. And I don't know why people were sleeping on this until 2016, 2017. But in 2017, it really blew up. And now, thankfully, if you're not doing this, if you have an email database, if you have a database of contacts that have subscribed to your newsletter and your marketing materials, right, and you have a good trusting relationship, if you are not using your email marketing as an advertising potential advertising revenue stream, right, where you charge or you, you know, you work with brands that you trust, that that potentially your audience will trust. That's a revenue stream. And like I said, I don't know why up until 2017, people weren't really, I did not, I, I didn't get it in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. I finally started seeing more companies do it. 2018 and 19, it blew up. That is a given revenue stream right there. If you have that type of relationship with your audience, there's no reason why you shouldn't at least test it out and you shouldn't at least inquire about how to how to set it up. Because frankly, it's wasted opportunity. You had to wait for Instagram to give you permission to get certain, you know, advertising dollars. You control your email. Your email marketing is your platform. Email marketing honestly is the closest thing to having your website at that point. It's just like when you have your own phone number, right? Your own business phone line, your own, in your own location. It's the same thing. It's the same thing like direct marketing via snail mail, as they call it, via, you know, through the postal service. It's the same thing. It's a direct opportunity to connect with your audience. I'll take that 10,000 database of emails over those million followers any day. And if someone says, oh, well, what about Kim Kardashian or what about this rapper? What about this, you know, this musician? Or what about, you know, this, this, uh, this, this athlete? See, I'm not talking about that. That's a totally different. That's you're putting yourself in a different area. We're talking about businesses, not Coca-Cola, not Nike, not Apple. We're talking about businesses that, you know, can support a couple of thousand clients, a couple thousand customers. They don't have a million dollars to spend on their advertising, their brand awareness to where they're on top of mind. Well, yeah, of course I want to follow Apple. Of course I want to follow Microsoft or something like that on social media. I, but I'm going to be honest with you. I can't tell you the last time I 
I can't honestly tell you the last time I saw a post from one of the brands that I do follow. But I know the last time that they sent me an email. And I can tell you right now. Bath and Body Works got my money. <laughs> okay. Because I use that 20% off coupon. <laughs> okay. And I got my points for, for subscribing to the newsletter and subscribing to their, their email promotions. Now you might get you might get some of those. Yeah, that's right. I shop at Bath and Body Works. I'll drop a brand here and there that I shop at. I have no problem with that. Heck, you already know I, I read GQ. So think about it. If you have an opportunity to make that direct connection, don't miss out. I'll place a couple of links in the description of this episode to some good some good information about email marketing. And one of the cool parts is, like I said, it's very easy to get it off the ground. It's, it's, it's very similar to social media. It's really easy to get off the ground. And if you already have customers, it's a simple request the first time. Hey, starting a newsletter. I'm going to send this out every week. I'm going to send this out every month. Do what you can. It's all about consistency. Do what you can. And then send it to them. And see what you get. See the responses that you get. And this is why you track everything. Because then you, in that marketing strategy, you want to see... Who's responding to my posts on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, whatever it may be, and who's responding to my emails? I'm sending one post out to 100,000 people on social media. I'm sending one email out to 10,000 people via email. If I make this one post for 100,000 people and I get 5,000 likes, maybe 1,000 likes, no comments, no shares, but that email that was sent to 10,000 people, 5,000 people opened it. 1,500 people responded to the call of action. Okay. Like I said, that 10,000 is going to be worth a lot more than that 100,000 because that 100,000 all those people didn't even see it. So check out the links about email marketing in the description. Some really good tips on how to get started with it. Some great content, um, as I as I stated from um, MailChimp, which is the platform that I use. I love MailChimp. I've been using MailChimp for a few years now. Before that, I did use Constant Contact. Check out both of them. Like I said, there's a lot of platforms out there, though. But those are two of the biggest names in the game, if you will. Um, and those are good places to start. And you, you know, test out. And let me know which one you tried out. I would love to know if you use Constant Contact. You know, why you chose that over MailChimp or vice versa. Just you know, get that conversation started and, and figure out what, uh, what works best for your business because every business is a little bit different. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to close it out with our book for this episode. I'm going to just drop, you know, kind of a hint for you right now. Yeah, if you need help with your email list, this is going to be a really good book for you to, to read. <laughs> I'm just going to just put that out there right now. See you in a moment. All righty, y'all. So we're closing it out. Really appreciate you guys joining me for this episode on digital marketing. Like I said, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, one, because of the industry I work in, of course, but also just because I've seen how just the basics 
of getting this kind of under your under your belt and getting a little more confident in the understanding of digital marketing, how it can help an entrepreneur and a small business owner, um, especially in the world we're living in right now. You know, we can't get out there necessarily one on one face to face with people as much as we used to. And even then, even when we get to a new norm where we can do that more often and more reg- uh, on a regular basis, it doesn't matter. This is one of the most cost effective ways. We're business owners. We're entrepreneurs, right? Every dollar counts more than anything else. We don't have a a massive group of investors. We don't have, you know, a pool of customers that we can go to on a regular basis and just, I hate to say it, increase prices. Happens all the time. Happens all the time to customers, right? You go to a store, you ever notice that? Like "Eh, inflation, everything's going up a little bit here and there because the company has to pay for all that, for all the activities and operations that they're doing. We don't have that luxury in most cases, right? As entrepreneurs, if we go up on our prices every single year, every single month, every few, you know, every six months, three months, we're taking a very big chance of losing a lot of customers. So we need to find ways to keep things economical for us, right? And if you go out and you hire a freelancer, you hire an agency like myself, right? To do your digital marketing, your focal point is going to be, yeah, I need to get a good amount of return on investment for the money I'm going to spend. Let's not sugarcoat that. My job as a digital marketer is to make sure that every dollar you spend in that digital marketing initiative and campaign is being put to where it's being an investment in bringing you some cash back. Right. So understanding the basics of this stuff, you'll know, hey, I'm working with a digital marketer that knows what he or she is talking about. I'm working with a team or I'm working with an individual that know what they're talking about. Just getting these basics under your belt, testing them out for yourself, playing around with it. And that's why I say, hey, with the email marketing piece, let me know which one you select. Got a couple links for you to, to get some basics about specifically MailChimp and specifically Constant Contact. Let me know what you think. Let me know which one you try out. Let me know which one you test out. Okay, those are unbiased endorsements. There's no affiliate links in there. That's strictly for you guys to go test out and try out for yourself. Let me know what you guys find and which one works for you. So the book for this episode, like I said, going back to email marketing, it's when I really got into email marketing, which was, I will call this out. It was a little easier for me because I would love to write. I was, you know, doing blogs and I was, um, you know, working on the copy for people's websites. Um, besides the, the, besides the visuals of, of branding, that's really what I was focusing on a lot, the, the text and it and the marketing copy. So when I was looking for books to help me understand, because as stated, I wasn't already in email marketing, but I did understand the power of it. And when I got into it, it just, I just ran with it. I wanted a good book to help me understand the power of email marketing, but more importantly, give me real examples of how people have used it. Jeff Walker's book, dude, Dude, and I say dude a lot. I say cool a lot. I say dude a lot. So prepare for that. If you hadn't noticed it, yeah, just prepare. Um, <laughs> this book, I like with what we're talking about here. We're staying away from a lot of theory. It's more about application. It's more about the data-driven, you know, what has worked, what hasn't worked. And just, you know, going to the, the, to the real world, if you will. This book touches on that. Big time. Very similar to um, the last book I recommended uh, by Simon Sinek. I consider this book in a way a case study. And I say that because Jeff and I I actually got the audio book first and then I purchased the physical copy of it. 
um, just because of the commute I was having, you know, during the time I was working. And what he touches on in every single chapter is how to apply it right now. Like not, okay, read this whole book and then, and, and don't get me wrong, I like that. I like when, pe- when people paste their books like that, when it's a book, you know, when it's about practicing and application, there's a lot of good books like that. But what I loved about the way Jeff was doing it, because this is the best way for at least for me to learn, maybe not you, but for me, he was like, okay, end of the chapter. Now, this is what you're going to apply right now to that campaign, right now to the email marketing work you're about to put into play, launch an internet millionaire successful formula to almost i'm sorry to sell almost anything online and i always forget that sale part (laughs) i do honestly forget that sale part because we're looking at it from a business perspective but i have known people who use email marketing they're not worried about selling they're not worried about fundraising it's just about their blog it's just about building connections and it works so the idea of selling for product, I don't always tie that just strictly to email marketing. Email marketing is a great way just to stay connected. It's honestly like, think about it this way. Think about email marketing similar to making a call to somebody. Now, let's just be real. In the world we live in today, we don't get phone calls as much from individuals, right? We might get, depending upon your age group. Right. Let me let me rephrase that. But depending upon your age group, depending upon your demographic, you probably don't get you probably don't get phone calls as much. Even more rare, who gets a letter anymore? Yeah, think about that. You're like, yeah, I get a letter maybe from a bill collector, maybe from you know someone who's trying to sell me insurance or credit card or mechanic or something like that, grocery store or something. You know, some some business that's sending me or trying to still do the catalog thing clearly the government will always send you a letter because they use the postal service but that's how rare it is how many of us actually get a letter from somebody so if you think about it somebody took the time to write you a letter it's like wow somebody actually took the time to write me a letter that's really so then take it up a notch okay phone call well you know that's a little that's a lot easier but i don't even get those much anymore you might get text messages but a phone call That's the power of email marketing, and that's what Jeff really hits on. That's the best way to build a real strong connection and relationship with somebody because they, if they opting in, if that customer is opting in for your email marketing, that says a lot. That means I literally want to hear from you. And the best email marketing, and he'll go into that in depth. Be clear about what you want. I brought up branding when it came to a podcast, when the podcast took took some, some weeks off and they didn't tell anybody. He talks about that. You got to be clear. If you're going to build a relationship with somebody, make sure you're backing up what you say you're going to do. If you're going to send them an email every month, every month. If you're going to send it every Thursday, every Thursday. If you're going to do this, because you're building a relationship on trust. And now when you announce anything, they're invested because they built, they have now a relationship with you. And I love the way he breaks down the different types of campaigns. Right, everything from a 30-day to a 60-day to a 90-day campaign and how to truly launch any product, any service line that you have. Uh, hey, you're listening to a podcast. What if you're about to launch a podcast? He goes into about he goes into how you can apply the formula he designed to anything. And I'm telling you right now, it works. From a person who did it, because I was struggling with one of one of my business ventures, 
okay, I was getting away from one. I was like, you know, what? I want to start something else up, but I want to see if I have what it takes to really get this off the ground. So I say, I'm going to use one of the, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the formula you can, you can apply it to different things when it comes to timeline, but I specifically have my mindset on 60 days. I'm like, I want to give myself 60 days because I was like, if I do too far out, then I'm probably going to lose that consistency. I want to stay in that sense of urgency and it worked. I got subscribers. I got people to sign up. And the crazy part about it was it wasn't even a business I really wanted to run too much with. I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to launch something. I'm going to try to make a good, a good amount of money. I gave myself really strong targets. Right. And I did. And I did exactly what I wanted to do. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure I apply this. What worked, what didn't work. And he goes over that very in depth. But it's the best part about it. This is not a book for you just to sit down and read. And OK, hopefully I'll do this one. No, this is you getting in front of your computer. And that's why I said it. The audiobook. It's a link to both the audiobook and the physical copy. I would suggest going for the audiobook for the one simple fact you can listen to it just like a podcast right after you're done listening to The Ambition Show. Shameless plug. Jump over, listen to the book, and start applying it. Whether you're going to sign up for MailChimp, Constant Contact, if you have a Wix website, Ascend, if you have, um, if you have a Shopify site, if you have a Squarespace site, WordPress doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Go. Go to the link in the description. Get the book and start applying it. If you, I'm telling you right now, like search engine optimization, email marketing, those two forms of marketing communications and activities. If nothing else, if nothing else, those are the two forms you should definitely spend some time investing in for your business. You will not go wrong. When you start investing money into it, you should have already invested time in understanding it. And what are the areas you need to invest the money into? Do you need to hire an SEO freelancer? Do you need to hire an SEO agency? Do you need to hire someone to help you with your email marketing? Do you need to get your, you know, if you have an admin or a virtual assistant, do you need a virtual assistant that knows email marketing? I can tell you right now, that's one of the things that I'm glad um, I had team members who are willing to invest their time into. Have two awesome team members. Both of them took their time to learn email marketing. One of them, she got MailChimp certified. The other one, she went off and she learned various platforms. Absolutely fantastic. And now they can provide better services, not only to our clients, but to our to themselves and in marketing their freelance services. Right. So check out this book. I would suggest the audio version. But hey, if you're one of those people who wants a hard copy in your hand, I completely understand it. But I'm telling you right now, do not think that you're just going to read this book and be like, OK, now I'm done reading the book. And now hopefully I apply. No, 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 no. Get the book. As you read the book. Apply what you learn and don't stop. Get a campaign created and run with that. Follow the steps. He, he, uh, Jeff is really clear about the steps. Follow the steps and apply them. Let me know about your campaign. And you know what? I'm. This is my promise to you. If you, you listening right now, business owner, entrepreneur, just like me. If you send me a link, hold me accountable. If you send me a link 
to the email campaign that you get cracking, that you get popped off, that you get started after reading that book, I'll sign up for it. That's right. I said it. I'll sign up for it. I'm putting myself right out there like that. I'll sign up for it because I want to make sure that what we're doing here is bringing you value. I'm not just doing this for the fun of it. I love to talk about business. I love to learn about new technology and specifically digital marketing and specifically, you know, creative, um, creative platforms. But most importantly, this is about helping entrepreneurs. If you're not listening and you're not taking what I'm giving and, and you're actually utilizing it, it's not value to you. Because if it's value to you, you're not going to hold, you're not going to wait around. Right? So you get that email campaign popping. Send me a link to that landing page where I can sign up. I'll sign up. And I will post the ones I sign up for. Boom. I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, no, I'm not joking. I will. But anywho. <laughs> so launch by Jeff Walker. Link is in the description. I got the audiobook. And then I bought the hard copy. I would suggest starting with the audiobook. That way it's a lot easier when you're listening to it. Like I said, listen to it like a podcast and run with it from there. Um, check it out. Make sure I get a link to your email campaign so I can sign up. And I will post. And I will post. The ones I signed up for. Anywho. Um, yeah, this is how I actually normally talk, so... This is not me being entertaining. This is not me being corny for the fun of it. This is Aaron. So just so you know. Oh, it's going to be a bumpy road there, Wilbur. Anywho, so <laughs> hold me accountable as I always say. Now, there are, from this episode, I already gave you what the takeaways were early on because they went right along with what we were talking about. You have two links to webinars about SEO specifically for Wix, specifically for Shopify, but you can get the basics and the understandings of the of what SEO is as well. If you don't have a website, right, this is a really good way to actually get you to get the understanding of SEO before you even make the website, and also to help you select which platform is best for you. If you don't have a website by now and you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, I just built three websites, okay, for people who don't want to start a business who don't want to be entrepreneurs, but they did, they created a website for their resumes, right? It's a resume website. I've built the first, one of the first websites I ever built was for a model, right? And she just wanted a, a website for her, um, for her portfolio. You can have a website for anything. I constantly call this digital real estate. In fact, we got to do an episode about digital real estate because I, I think I lose people sometimes when I say that. This is if your opportunity to, to, own a piece of the internet literally your domain you own a piece of what is out there in the connection of the internet so if you don't have one by now i would suggest taking this is really a good opportunity to read up okay is wix right for me is shopify right for my platform you know now there's many other platforms out there but these are two of the easier ones to get an understanding of and and two of the best that i would recommend especially for a first-time website owner um and, and a business owner that hasn't had a website before these are two of the better platforms I would suggest using. Um, also, also because we talked about influencer marketing, <clears throat> excuse me, there's going to be a link in this description of this episode um, to the ebook 
that I wrote specifically about digital mark. Uh, I'm sorry, influencer marketing when I was doing a course on digital marketing and we touched on influencer uh, marketing um, because we had a lot of questions about influencer marketing and I got really good response to, hey, you know what? It'd be nice to have this summarized in a in a in a short kind of uh, presentation. I was like, you know, instead of another presentation, because we just did a webinar, let's do an ebook. So I have a link to that ebook um, in the description as well as a link to keyword research because you can use that hand in hand for SEO. So there's a lot here. This episode, that's the reason why this episode is a lot longer. This episode was all about giving you the understanding of digital marketing because we're kicking off this year. You can come back to this episode mid-year. You can come back to this episode in five years. Email marketing ain't going nowhere. Influencer marketing ain't going nowhere. SEO is really not going anywhere. Social media definitely is not going anywhere. Right. Fundamental activities and basics of digital marketing are not going anywhere. Now, they're going to be changed. There's going to be a new platform here and there. There's going to probably do a, a new search engine that pops up. There's going to be probably like four or five new social media platforms that pop up. There's going to be some new email providers that pop up. But hey, such is life. Life goes on. But the basics, the fundamentals ain't changing. Ain't changing at all. So take this episode. Place it in your back pocket as a tool, a good reference piece of material, right? The same thing is with that book. Great piece of reference material that you can apply and you can utilize right off the bat. And with that, appreciate your time, guys. Hold me accountable. If you don't see those links, if those links aren't useful, or I should say, are they not being, you know, you can't click on them in the description of this episode. Let me know ASAP. Rocky or Ferg, whichever you prefer. Inside joke, if you don't follow rap, I'm sorry you missed that. If you do follow rap, yes, I'm very corny. I don't care. I prefer ASAP Ferg to ASAP Rocky. Yeah, I'm about to get in an argument, I know. But more importantly, if those links are not working, let me know immediately in a comment. Let me know immediately in a message because that's the whole purpose of these episodes. So you guys have actual content that you can utilize right off the bat for your business. So you should have a link to the webinars. You should have a link to the influencer marketing book and the basics of understanding that. You should have a link to the keyword research ebook, okay? You should have those links. You should also have a link to where you can pick up the book by Jeff Walker. Like I said, that's an unbiased endorsement. That's just a really great book. These, these books that I'm giving you in these episodes, I'm not paid by these people. These are just really good books to help you that have helped me, that have helped some of my colleagues, that have helped some of my clients. This is a book that I you know, I tell a lot of people about, um, but I'm more focused on just reading myself. <laughs> you know, if some other people picked it up, great. But um, it, it, it immediately worked for me. That's why I love it. Like, just like Simon Sinek's book and TED Talk, just like uh, Paul Smith's book, those books immediately, I was able to apply what I was learning. Immediately. And information knowledge without application what's it for so with that being said guys take it easy best to you and yours and your loved ones and in our next episode of the ambition show so normally i tell you what's coming up next um want to make it as a little surprise it's a it's a really good topic um it actually came from a suggestion i got from a client some time ago when i told them i was going to make a podcast they're like oh you gotta have an episode about that I was like yeah it's a good point and but I really wanted to get through digital marketing first because or sorry, prior to this, because it, it's kind of a good foundation with digital marketing. But also, you know, we really want to get 
What are the basics and the fundamentals to help your business right away? We want to get those out in the first few episodes. So with this episode, this was a suggestion by one client um, in the past. And I was like, yep, it's coming up right after digital marketing. So look forward to seeing you for the next episode of The Ambition Show. If those links are not active, if you cannot click on them, let me know in a comment ASAP. And best to you and yours. Be safe out there, guys. And I will see you in the next go around. I've been your host, Aaron Muhammad. Thank you for joining me. And let's get it, y'all. Peace.